Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. There's a lot going on in the world right now and The Skim is here to help you cut through the noise. Meet Skim This, a weekly podcast that makes it easier to understand how the news impacts you. They'll break down the most complicated stories of the week and add context and clarity to answer the questions that are on your mind to help explain why what happened this week matters both in the short term and the long term. So subscribe and listen every Friday morning on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online access to licensed counselors. It's therapy you can do from your couch. So if something in your life is making you feel stuck or unhappy or frustrated and you could use some help, try talking to a therapist and start with BetterHelp. All you have to do is fill out a quick online survey and they'll match you with a counselor within 48 hours. And if you don't like that counselor for any reason, you can switch to a different person free of charge. To try BetterHelp and also really help out our show, you can head to trybetterhelp.com slash helpmebeme and you'll get 10% off your first month of therapy. Hi friends, it's Sarah May, and this is a power-up episode about how to not let your insecurities get in the way of your relationship. This is a topic um, I'm also going to address on Love is Like a Plant, my other show, with Elle, um, and if you are interested in that, check that out as well. So this is for if you find you are starting to have insecurities that come up um, and that cause you to push your partner away. So stuff that bubbles to the surface, you find yourself kind of taken out of the relationship, like you can't really, I don't know, emotionally stay present, or maybe you start to act out in really petty ways, like you start starting fights, um, or maybe it comes out in like jealousy. I have a lot of clients who suffer from this, just in particular, like they have jealousy and that really causes them frustration because they don't want to be jealous. And it kind of makes, you know, it's something that makes you feel like little and 
haunted and like you're going crazy. And the worst part of insecurities like that are you, you unfriend yourself in the process. Like you don't feel like you should feel the way you do. So it makes you feel shitty about yourself for feeling shitty about yourself. So often what we do in these situations is we pretend it isn't happening and then it, it blows up and we just feel helpless. So with that, here's part one, the what. So this is a super common situation. It can occur at different stages of a relationship um, as we hit unseen milestones. So things will come up as you hit a different stage in your relationship. So you might have triggers based on something like feeling too safe or feeling like somebody really likes you. So when that milestone occurs, you'll all of a sudden feel like extremely claustrophobic or um, just uncomfortable. So when we have insecurities that come up in our relationships, it's often acted out under the veil of, you know, anger at something they did or they didn't do or they didn't say or annoyance or claustrophobia or even the opposite. Maybe you get really clingy and like you cannot be told enough that they love you. Sometimes it's more than one of those things and they are the opposite. So you just look like a crazy person. Like you start to really freak out your partner and frustrate your partner. And you can think of all relationships like an ecosystem, like a self-contained ecosystem. We have to create balance and maintain it as a partnership. So what happens when somebody starts to change, for example, let's say in the direction of clinginess, is you upset that balance. So if you are both walking, let's say, with like a rubber band around you, the goal is to keep the tension, to keep it just, you know, just tense enough so that you're walking as separate individuals. Um, One of you can't come too close. One of you can't go too far away. But when you change that balance, all of a sudden the tension is messed up. So the other person will, let's say if you come too close, you're too clean, they're going to be pushed away a little bit, trying to maintain that, that balance. So whereas before there was healthy distance and closeness, now you are altering it so they will have a desire to compensate which you might be sensitive to. That might be the reason you're listening to this. Which brings me to part two. Why? Well, we store a lot in our bodies. And we also have a lot of experiences that don't record in our memory. And therefore, we cannot think about them and realize what is coming up for us. So those are like emotional imprints that stay with us. And they don't occur to us on a conscious level. However, they will guide our actions. So these are called implicit memories. Explicit memories are the ones that we can recall. So as we interpret the world, we use mental models. In other words, templates that we refer to for how things are going to play out in our life. And this is what causes us to anticipate a certain chain of events to occur. And this will kind of predict um, how we act in the world because it influences every one of our actions. So it's like... um, an expector filter in our brain. We have this unconscious pattern for relationships and what will happen in those relationships based on all our experiences of relationships, specifically close, intimate relationships. And our most powerful, close, intimate relationships are those with our family from childhood. So to recognize implicit memories, um, I just have a little experiment for you to do. I want you to think of an experience you had recently, something that was very memorable, and just 
imagine you are telling me about that experience. What left a very deep um, memory for you? Some Anything, good or bad. I'll let you bring whatever memory it is for you to mind. And, and just like tell yourself, put this on pause and just say out loud the story of that memory. I'm going to assume you did that. I'm going to tell you my example memory. Uh, mine was being able to call my family members and um, while I was holding my newborn baby and just tell them about this baby. And um, that was really wonderful. It was like, it was great to be able to hold my baby, but then it was also great to share that with somebody else. So this is the experiment. As you tell that memory, the part where you narrate the description, that's the explicit memory. That's the story. But as you tell that story, I want you to really think about what your body feels like. Any textures, any um, any adjectives that come come up for you. For me, that was like, I get kind of a warm, glowy feeling in my chest and in my belly. Uh, and that's like just joy. It's like a warm kind of joy. That is the implicit memory. So we have all of these physical imprints in different areas of our bodies related to memories and some of them are uncomfortable. So when it's something that's uncomfortable, they're often held in places where they create stiffness or um, tension or uh, kind of, I would call it like acid a lot of the time. It's, you know, stomach acid. So this is how we get chronic pain or chronic problems. And often it's stored if it's a negative emotion like anger, it's often stored in the hips or the lower back. So when something activates our insecure feelings about ourselves, our unconscious beliefs, these like embedded emotional memories are triggered. And it's often an old wound either related to a family of origin experience or a previous relationship. So if you find that something is coming up for you, where you are starting fights with your partner, it's kind of like a treasure map to seeing what needs healing work or release in your person. Common beliefs uh, that trigger are triggered in us are not feeling good enough, not feeling lovable, or not feeling like we are seen enough. It's usually um, stored in like a, a place that we can't access because we feel like they're intolerable. Like we, we feel like we're not supposed to have these feelings. And if we do have them, that we're, we are risking losing our source of love. A lot of people store feelings of a fear of abandonment, a fear of loss, or sometimes a fear of being taken advantage of. Like we, we feel like we can't let our guard down. We can't be safe. And if it's not directly tied to a damaging relationship, usually this feeling when it occurs is a great way for us to trace some of the things that are still with us from childhood. Because those things come up at different stages of relationships and different stages of life, depending on where we are. It's totally normal. I feel like even if you've done a lot of work in therapy, we have different milestones that will hit that we sometimes have to revisit work in therapy because something new is occurring in our lives. Like, for example, the loss of a parent is a really big milestone that brings up all sorts of other issues that you may feel like, oh, I put all that to bed though. I was done working on that stuff. So it's normal. It doesn't mean you've regressed. It just means that maybe you're, um, you're now ready to process some specific thing because you have 
the perspective that allows you to see it from for the first time from a different vantage point. So the the key with all of this stuff is not to hate on yourself or feel like I should be stronger than this or I shouldn't complain about this or I should be able to control this. It's really it's important to just treat it with curiosity and follow it because it's here to tell you so, tell you something about yourself, something that needs a little bit of love and a little bit of compassion. That's really what this is about. So the first thing I want to ask you to do is ask this insecurity, what does this part of myself want? Like, what are they here? What is this self here to tell me? What, um, if you're picturing this, this self as a separate being in this emotion, in this feeling, just look at them and say like, what, what is it you're seeking from me? What, what do you need from me? What is it the thing you want? Like if they had a goal to tell you something, what would that be? And I think asking this question, it's, it's helpful to get into a kind of a more emotionally open state, you know, like maybe if you can do some meditation, maybe a little bit of yoga, um, be relaxed and really be able to go internal. I think if you're like in the middle of the busiest day and you're on your lunch break, it's hard to get soft enough, I guess, to go there. Um, but you might already know this if you are a person who is being kind of triggered by insecurities. But when we start to act out in our relationship and we start conflicts, usually the goal is trying to create a sense of safety. Like we're trying to create glue in our relationship. It's a way to force another person to prove their love to us. Like explicitly connect to us on a more concrete level. So when we feel insecure... A way to feel more secure is to push someone who loves us away with the hopes that they will come back and fight for our affection, like really double down on how they feel about us, therefore creating more explicit connection. And often that works in the short term, but any self-loving person cannot and should not take abuse because it starts to erode their sense of value. So this will lead to damage in your relationship. It'll lead to damage um, in this person's self-love if they continue to endure it. And you probably know that. But the act in the act of pushing away, aka security seeking, we are creating the conflict. We are creating an actual real problem. Often the impetus for the original conflict is completely false. You know, like you probably have noticed that in yourself, like you might be picking out things and making them into really big issues when you know logically that they're not. It's usually an an excuse to vent our insecurity and our anxiety. So it's never about what it's about. And a lot of relationship fights, I would say the majority of relationship fights are not about what they're about. We want to be, you know, validated. We want to feel seen. We want to feel understood. We want to feel held. We want to feel safe. And safety is really the word for it, especially in these situations, because when you have an inner sense of agony and fear or worry that you're not lovable, it points to a part of yourself that really does not feel worthy. Like there's some tiny insignificant event that can be triggering because it rings this tiny, tiny bell of truth in you. Like, oh, this is because I'm really unworthy. Like it feels like it's touching on that. 
um, on a belief. So if it did, if you didn't have a belief like that, you would not react in the same way. So when we have these hidden feelings of unworthiness and we allow the narratives to play out of like whatever excuse, you know, fight we're having, something will trigger that feeling. And it's like blowing on an ember, you know, on a pile of kindling. We allow it to alight and engulf our emotional bodies. And then we are really, really uh, for real upset about the thing, the fake thing. So these episodes might look like venomous explosions of the other person, or they might be overwhelming panic um, at a small and harmless situation. Or, you know, we might feel like we just want this other person to say, like, don't worry, I stand here firmly beside you and nothing will change that. However, the person who does not say that to us, who does not complete that dance with us, it's, I would say it's not necessarily a bad thing. Because when they do, when they, they reciprocate that, it becomes a sick bond that is dire and unhealthy. Like, an emotionally healthy person, if they are threatened or emotionally beaten into declaring security, eventually will say, enough, I can't do this, this is not healthy for me, and they will walk away. And it doesn't mean you are not worth fighting for it doesn't mean you are not lovable enough it just means that they cannot they love themselves enough to not destroy themselves so it's not about you it's really about being healthy enough to cut off something that is headed in an unhealthy direction so if you're listening to this you might know that the other half of your relationship will eventually walk away because they don't want to endure abuse um, or you can see that it's putting that kind of wear on your relationship and it, maybe it hasn't happened yet, but you're aware that like even strong relationships have a breaking point and that is when, you know, the ratio of good to bad shifts to bad and there's no change in sight. And that's, you know, any self-loving person has to call a stop to abuse at a certain point, especially if there's no end in sight. So if you're in that situation, you probably have a lot of guilt and fear over what is happening. And you will likely also simultaneously have a lot of powerful emotions that get triggered that you feel like, I do feel mad though, and I do feel hurt, or I do feel upset. And therefore, it's really painful because you can't align with yourself. And that's the shittiest part of this, because you don't know anymore how you should quote unquote feel and when you don't know how you should feel like we don't know where we stand with ourselves this gray area is distressing in itself because when this is happening it's like we can't trust ourselves anymore we can't say like well am I allowed to be upset should I be this upset should I be this angry it's unsettling because you can't find the right water water level. Like you can't see the truth anymore. It's like we lose access to a bar of any kind. And, and we start asking other people like for the truth, you know, like should, would you be mad? Am I allowed to be mad? Is this a realistic thing? Is, is this situation, am I right or am I wrong? So you might notice yourself starting to ask other people and when you have to ask someone else if your feelings are valid, it means you have lost faith in yourself. Like, there's a lack of connection to self due to a lack of trust in one's own goodness and also 
uh, grappling with completely opposite instincts and feelings. So when you don't have those conflicts, like when you can see who you are and where you stand, you trust in your own goodness. And you can rely on that to navigate all of these kinds of situations. That's when you're, you can openly reflect on yourself. You can take criticism. And you can look at a situation and say like, no, I choose this. No matter what the outcome is, you can act. Because you know who you are. You know where you stand. And you're able to access what is right and wrong for you. So altogether, this is a dip, disempowering situation to be in. Which brings me to part three. The how. The tools. So if you are that person in that situation where you are watching your shit come out, you're acting out onto your partner, and you can see that this is damaging your relationship or maybe it's just causing you a lot of pain, here are some different kinds of tools for you to use. Outside of these, I would strongly recommend you get into some therapy, especially if you have some family of origin issues coming up, because these things can be kind of slowed down. I call it frame fucking. Like you're, you're taking apart the triggers that occur for you and you can just talk them out with another person. And that's how they kind of get unraveled and you can see the, the roots and you can be like, oh, this is what it's really about. It just takes the, sh- the piss out of it. Um, so if you want to start working on that issue right now, I would try our partner better help and use our code to really, really help out this show. So if you're interested in seeing a therapist right now during times of COVID, you really can't do that in person. So why not try it online via telehealth? It's all confidential. All you have to do is fill out a survey. Um, you can head to trybetterhelp.com slash help me be me for 10% off your first month. It's worth a shot. I visited this site. I think it's, it's pretty much just like going to a random therapist that you would find through whatever other source but they're all in one place they're all vetted very um, aggressively vetted by this company and they're all licensed they all have different kinds of licenses so there's CIDs there's PhDs there's MFTs they're, they're all different kinds of licensed therapists all over the world um, so these things are much more efficiently processed when you can talk to another person about them and you can trace them to the roots so you don't have to have misalignments anymore in how you feel about yourself. All right, with that, here are some tools. The first one is called sugar packets. So you know when you go to a restaurant and your table's uneven and you put sugar packets under one of the legs to balance it? So I want you to rebalance yourself in the moment you are recognizing you are upsetting the balance in your relationship. And this tool is only really usable if you are in the um, kind of the lesser lesser intensity of the triggers. So if you're like blinded by your insecurities, this probably won't be accessible to you. But if you're not, this is something you can kind of use when it's not super severe. It's basically a moment when you look at yourself and recognize when you are misaligning with your own values and your own intentions for how you choose to be. So for example, when you are upsetting the balance of your relationship, let's say when you're, you're noticing yourself clinging, step back, look at yourself and say like, oh, now I'm acting as a clinging self. I'm grasping. And you can ask yourself like, am I smiling too big? Am I forcing it? In that moment, just notice 
and recall who you would be without this fear and without this clinging feeling. And just reset with the tiniest balancing act. Just add a little sugar packet. It's a tiny little move just to remember yourself prior to this feeling. And it's more possible when you can notice yourself in the moment to correct. A a mantra for this tool is, it's time for me to do me. Like, just get back into your your own autonomy as a person. Um, And just, like autocorrect. Often this is like just the tiniest nudging yourself in the direction away from whatever is pulling you, you know? So if you're clinging or if you're pushing somebody away, you'd have to do the opposite. So if you're pushing somebody away, your tiny sugar packet would be a gesture of intimacy or even offering them a disclaimer. Like, um, I'm sorry. I'm like, I go through these weird moods where I push people for space and it's not about you. I'm just, I'm having weird arguments with myself in my head right now. Like that's a move of intimacy. So just, you're always doing a dance in your relationship and making sure you're keeping the balance. So if you recognize yourself upsetting that balance, catch yourself tiny reset. Um, cause it's just, you can align your own behavior if you're conscious of it. All right. Next tool, the fear script. We have very old scripts that play out in our lives that are not true for us in how we actually live. Like these scripts will come up for us and we will, it's like we're making this big bonfire, um, especially in situations where we have no control. So if you are reacting to a situation with a really, really big, scary fear script, I want you to ask yourself, is this script true for me in how I live my life? For example, like if your fear, fear script is saying, I can't let go. I just can't. I, if I, if anything happens to me in this relationship, if I lose this relationship, I will fall apart. If that's what the script says, I want you to ask, is this true for me in my life as a person? Has this been true in my entire life story? Am I a person who falls apart or am I able to take care of myself? Because usually the fear scripts are very inaccurate. I just want you to recognize that when they're coming up because we can live our lives according to what the fear script says and they're so unrealistic and we don't remember that part all right next tool keep ragey off the mic have you guys seen that pixar movie inside out so as an adult you might have a character that's i i mean i forgot what the fucking the red guy's name is anyway this is a new inside out character named ragey he's even angrier than the red guy Um, and what, this is like an example character. Maybe you have clingy as your character. One thing I want you to call to your attention is there is a massive amount of dialogue that goes on in our minds and we don't have to allow it to take control of the buttons or the microphone of our mouths. It's important to step back and just witness the yelling voice and not let that character who is a lunatic grab the microphone. A lot of the time you can sit in complete silence and almost like be entertained by what is said in your brain. So just if it helps to think of a character, let's say it's a fuchsia character (laughs) named Ragey. Um, Just don't let them have the microphone. You can excuse yourself and be like, I'm going to go just take some deep breaths because my brain's doing some loud stuff right now. All right. Next tool, map your baggage. So if you journal, 
I want you to record the types of situations that are coming up for you as triggers in your relationship. And just look at like what is the through line? What are the inciting feelings? Um, Second, I want you to look at what the underlying need is. So what is the thing beneath those incidents that is the, the unmet need you might have? Is it something like related to um, how a parent made you feel? Is it a fear you have related to a prior relationship? Uh, is it your need to protect yourself? Is it your need to feel respected? Like just, I want you to let yourself brain dump and put everything that feels true for you on a piece of paper or in your journal. And after that, I want you to go through the list and just see which of these answers have the most power. Like put a highlighter over the ones that have the most emotional energy and just underline them so you know them. Just this is a really about getting to know yourself and getting to know like these are the things that I need to work on. These are the things that need some more air around them. All right, the next tool, legal disclosure. So this is a great first step. If you are in a relationship and your old baggage is coming up and it's hurting your partner. Um, you know, at the end of radio ads, there's that long, I, this is not valid in Hawaii or Canada, and da, 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 not redeemable, and blah, blah, blah. I want you to do that, but for your partner. And just disclose to them in a very direct, plain as day, verbatim, frank way what is happening for you. Almost in like a third person way. Like, take the take the drama out of it and just like disclose like for example you might say um I have to explain something while I am clear-headed I'm having these old triggers come up whenever I get jealous and it makes me act like an asshole and I get super anxious and it makes me pick fights with you and I'm working on it it doesn't make any sense it's really overwhelming I apologize ahead of time because it's really not cool Um, and also include in your legal disclosure, what you are doing about it. It's really important that you take actions and that you don't put it on your partner to just fucking deal forever with your, your bullshit, you know? Um, I say that only based on like, if you are hurting them, if you are dealing with your stuff and they don't even know about it, I think it's a really, it's, it's a gesture of trust and faith in somebody to tell them like, this is something I'm working on, um. And if, if it ever, if I'm ever acting weird, it's probably because of this. Just wanted you to know where I'm at. It's not personal. It's just a kind gesture. Um, and it's important to say like, it's not your problem. It's mine. And I, um, I just wanted you to know about it. I think that can also bring you closer, um, and make you feel like you have a safe place to do work on yourself. All right. Next tool, the Hulk warning system or eject button. So if you are in the midst of blowing up your partner, right as it starts to escalate, there is a moment of autonomy. There's like a tiny brief moment where you still have control. Just a tiny one when you can hit like an eject button. So if you notice yourself starting to get to that place, hit the eject button either physically or verbally. Like you can say to your partner, I am getting really overwhelmed. I'm about to go into my dark place. I have to get the fuck out of here immediately and go do some yoga and help myself stat. Or you can just physically immediately remove yourself from the, the physical location. 
there is a brief moment when you still can act. So just scan you just scan the experiences you have moving forward for that window in time. It's it's so fleeting when your brain's like, am I going to freak out or am I going to get out of here? Just jump, just go. Wherever you can get out, go. Um, and I really hope these are helpful. I know that these are there some very diverse situations that I'm referring to. So if I'm not covering what you're specifically going through, I apologize. Um, and shoot me an email via yaywithme.com. Before I close, I want to send a huge, huge thank you to my latest sponsors. I got some wonderful donations from Jill and Lori. A huge donation from you as well. Thank you so much. Robbie, a wonderful donation from you. Amber, beautiful, sweet donation from you. And Moriah, thank you so, so much for your wonderful donation. And Agata, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys immensely. And I also appreciate all of you for leaving your reviews that are so sweet and lovely. I love to read them. I love you very much. You make, you're my like uh, soul food. I like this it really is my inspiration so thank you and in closing never forget your power we often feel powerless in our insecurities and they make us feel small and desperate and stupid and lame and worthless but we always have autonomy like we don't get to choose how we feel we don't get to choose the emotions that come up but we always get to choose how we want to react to them and we get to choose the box we want to put them in So you get to say, I may be feeling crazy and overwhelmed, but I'm going to go through the motions of trying to help myself, and I'm going to keep doing that until I get to a solution. We never have to identify with the emotions that come up. It's like saying, yeah, I know, I'm being stung by a thousand bees right now, and it really fucking hurts, but let's enjoy our breakfast together. Go on, you were telling me about that movie you just saw. So I hope this helps, and I send you my love, and don't forget to smile.